I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. Swick Technologies presents the Leading Business Podcast, helping you leverage technology to accelerate your growth. The key to this business is personal relationships. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Swick Tech Leading Business Podcast. Uh, back for another week here to talk about some fun technology stuff. My name is Eric, and Shane is here with me. Hi, Shane. Hey, hey Eric. Excited to be on with you today. I think we have a fun fun little topic to debate on. It'll be uh, fun. There's probably a lot of different opinions about okay. this particular topic, so um, it'll it will be fun to cover. Yeah. I do have uh, a little video I can share uh, for today's topic. Let me just get to where I'm trying to go here in my browser and we'll get that going. Perfect. Here we go. Who remembers this? I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Zuntite, you okay? No, I'm not okay. I have that virus that's going around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, better, you better stay back. This one's a doozy. That's okay. I'll be fine. No, no. Do not be a hero. Last year, there are 114,000 known viruses for PCs. PCs? Not Macs. So, you just grab this one. Yeah, I think I got a crash. Hey, if you feel like that'll help, good. So, <laughs> there was like a whole series of those commercials. Oh, gosh. There were... I think there were hundreds of them, and and that was what like almost fifteen years ago, probably. That I feel like Mac and and Windows specifically, right? That's kind of what they were going for there. Um, so Microsoft and Apple have really been kind of going at those commercials a lot. Uh, there's been even some recently of Microsoft poking some fun at Apple. Uh, the guy in the commercial is named MacBook or something like that, and so MacBook uses a PC. And yeah, it's been it's been entertaining to watch this go on for a while. It is entertaining. There's some interesting points in there though that you know we wanted to kind of cover today. Uh, we help both sets of users, people at least SwickTech, right? Helps both sets of users, people with Macs, people with PCs. By and large, the business community is made up and comprised of PCs, right, and Windows operating systems. Um, and and I think one of the things, at least that I noted, um, that was worth talking about is Apple's approach uh, to their ecosystem, which some refer to as like a closed system or a walled garden. And as someone who's got an app that I developed and put in the App Store, both on uh, iOS iTunes and uh, Google's Google Play Store. It's really interesting. The app got approved in a day for Android, but took a month to get approved for Apple. So the scrutiny in getting something developed for iOS, whether that's a Mac, an iPad, or an iPhone, their whole suite of product products, um, it's a bit more rigorous. And so that's interesting to think about when uh, the Mac commercial just said, I don't get viruses. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that process means, you know, obviously it's taking longer because Apple's doing their due diligence and, and making sure their environment is secure and everything. Um, and I think that's something that gives Apple a huge leg up. And that's, that's probably more specific when we're talking about uh, the App Store on an iPhone as opposed to the Mac, right? It's a little bit more 
more relevant in that world, especially with everyone using every single app that's available out there on their phones these days. But yeah, it's really interesting to see that perspective. And then on the other side of the coin, you know, Apple makes such a nice, useful ecosystem and environment that you can trust and you feel secure and safe in. Um, but now we're seeing the other side of that coin where these businesses are coming out and complaining about Apple because they're taking such a large cut of the profits. So I've seen some of those articles in the news. We won't get too far into the weeds on that front today. I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other right now, but it's been it's been fascinating to see that process take place. Yeah, it, it's a little bit akin to Amazon, right? If I feel comfortable and confident buying there, it's easy, it's trusted. Yeah. But if I just land on some random website, am I going to give them my credit card and buy too? Um, Absolutely so, not. <laughs> right, it feels, it feels similar to that. But other examples of like a wall garden approach dates all the way back to like AOL. You know, everything was AOL. The browser, your email, your chat, it was all AOL. Um, and, and they had a certain kind of set of standards to be in that little ecosystem. Theirs is more ad-based. Um, Amazon Kindle's a little similar to that too. Yeah. But this whole approach of... You know, thinking about how we can do that with PCs, um, maybe your company has an ecosystem of or a suite of apps that, you know, if you're this user role, then you only get access to these things. Maybe you don't need access to every single thing, right? And that's a, an interesting place to try to get to if you can, um, because it's it can be really secure. Yeah, I think it adds a lot of value to a company to be able to to manage and maintain that without having to think about it, right? Once it's all kind of set up and out there for you, it can make your life a lot easier. Right, rather than just kind of ad hoc or uh, flying by the seat of your pants, getting this and using that and having access to everything. But one of the things that SwigTech has put together in the past that we leverage and lean on is our um, approach to cybersecurity. So right, if most, if 90% of the business community is using a PC, um, you know, they really do become a target for malicious behavior and cyber. Yeah, absolutely. Cybersecurity attacks and things like that and ransomware outbreaks. Um, not to say that a Mac can't be infected, but they're just not as widely adopted. So the impact is a lot less, right? They're going to go after a much bigger target. And as a result, uh, SwickTech being like a, an MSP, a managed service provider, uh, there's a layered approach to our security and how we kind of deploy things to filter out all that bad stuff. Something that you helped put together, the uh, capability maturity model, also referred to as the CMMI model, which is a global standard model. That's not new, but our lens of applying that to our security approach um, has really helped a lot of organizations that are trying to take security seriously, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you know, a lot of that model as we talk through it can, can be applied to PC or Mac. Um, and so it's not to say one or the other. And the really the big part of this, right? So I'll mention just the other pieces first. Um, you know, there's different levels that include security like antivirus and endpoint threat detection, um, and then we kind of get in a little bit to helping the end user help themselves. So teaching people how to use multi-factor authentication, um, watching out for malicious emails, training them up on how to avoid phishing campaigns. Um, and then we do a lot more around email security, um, but that, that fifth level, that most secure <clears throat> environment piece that we're talking about here is the idea of using some sort of package management tool, right? Like what you were saying, Eric, uh, Apple kind of has created with their app store where 
It's very safe. It's very secure. Apple knows exactly what's in there, exactly what they're putting on computers, exactly how it's going to run on the computer because they have developed both the hardware and the software in that environment or iPhone, you know, or tablet, all of the above. Um, and I think that's where businesses need to be in order to make sure their environment's secure, to make sure that, you know, not only from a simple standpoint, okay, Johnny can't go ahead and install games on his computer and play games while he's at work all day, but more importantly, from a security standpoint of, let's say Johnny's computer gets compromised, now that malicious attacker can't install something that they want to on that computer to get to other parts of the network, especially the server environment or maybe the VPN connection to be able to backdoor back into the environment later. So there's a lot of risk involved, even though maybe you don't think you need to worry about letting Johnny install games on his PC, um, you do need to worry about a malicious attacker installing something that could compromise your business. Right, right. And, um, you know, we have deployed a little bit of that at SwickTech, some of this kind of um, gated approach, uh, at least in the Azure environment, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there's been some examples of that. Yeah, Microsoft offers uh, Endpoint Manager, uh, used to be called Intune, um, and that's a great tool for setting up the appropriate software packages and stuff like that. Um, you know, while, while we maybe don't use it a lot, there's Jamf, which is by Apple, uh, or sorry, not by Apple, by a company that deploys enterprise solutions for Apple computers. Um, you know, they're more commonly known in the education space right now for helping universities manage Macs because uh, oftentimes a university environment will have a lot more Macs than PCs. But anyway, uh, all that to say, there's tools out there that do this, that help you do this, right? And Jamf is is on the rise right now for Apple with all of this. I think they just released an IPO like last month or something. So, you know, Apple's definitely along with Jamf trying to kind of push into that enterprise space. Um, but when it, yeah, when it comes to PC, Microsoft Endpoint Manager has been a great tool to allow us to kind of minimize that risk for, for organizations. Yeah, that's great. I know I've uh, helped a couple uh, businesses evaluate Jamf over what was formerly Intune. Obviously, you know, we are fans of Intune because we are in the Microsoft kind of suite of products. And, um, you know, there's a, a lot more of that type of management going on with BYOD and people not working from home and uh, a huge need to kind of have that that reach into the products that the company owns, right, and the different apps and things like that. It's pretty exciting, actually, if you think about it, just kind of where the where the world is going um, and how fast some of these things have accelerated uh, in the midst of, you know, this pandemic that we've been living through <laughs> this year. It's yeah, and even before that, it's kind of interesting to see, right, so what the smartphone is little over 10 years old now, 10, yep. 10, 11, 12 years or so since Apple kind of changed that landscape. You, you remember using Blackberries? That was yeah, two weeks ahead of you. So a bottle of Tylenol later, you finally figured out how to set up your IMAP or whatever with your calendar and stuff. Right. But the really interesting thing there is so you can see what's happened to the phone landscape, right? Or truly the smartphone landscape where your phone has now become this crazy, easy to use device that you have access to everything on, any and every sort of app that you wanna use for anything you can think of, right? There's an app out there for it. 
Um, and it's become crazy easy. You don't have to worry about the updates. You don't have to worry about what's installed on your device because Google or Apple or whoever is kind of managing that for you and making your life easy. Um, and now we're seeing that technology kind of translated back into the computer um, as, you know, Apple has always had the Mac store, but it was never really that robust. You always still kind of went out to the internet and downloaded a lot of new applications that you wanted. And PC was for the longest time, you know, the wild west in that sense. You always just went at wherever and downloaded whatever from anywhere. And half the time it was malicious. Like LimeWire, Napster back in the day. Yeah, anything and everything, right? Peer-to-peer networks, just out online, anything. So now we're seeing Microsoft also kind of start to take that approach with their Microsoft store on the PC. So it's really interesting to see how both, Apple and Microsoft have kind of realized, oh, like the smartphone is where it's at. That works really well. Everyone loves it. It makes their lives easier from a development perspective to make sure all of those apps work on their systems. Um, And then also, right, it's helping with the security side of it. So it's been really cool to see that technology kind of transition. It went, you know, for some reason we started with phones and created this monster of a smartphone with all of this technology but now it's coming back to the computer and stuff so it's cool to see that yeah, the computer's taking on the life form of a smartphone to some degree yeah. maybe it's more horsepower and a bigger screen and the keyboard but similar experience then and if, did i did i uh, see microsoft is getting back into the smartphone game on a google uh operating system uh, they have the Surface Duo, which is, I think, supposed to be more of like a tablet than a phone. I honestly don't know a ton about it, but about it, but I'm pretty sure the idea is it's like an Android tablet, um, but you can fold it in half and stick it in your pocket sort of thing. Yeah, that's pretty neat. We'll see where that goes. It has a pretty, pretty nice price tag associated with it, but if it's aimed at business, maybe that's uh, acceptable. Yeah, we'll we'll find out, I guess. I don't I think it's supposed to come out this year, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, it depends. And, you know, there was some news that uh, you would capture here, too, about Apple moving away from Intel processors. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, Intel processors are arguably the best processors out there. And I thought, well, are they going to use a different product? But they're actually going to use their own. Yeah. So there's really right now Intel and AMD are really the only big processor manufacturers, right? And honestly, AMD has kind of been hot on Intel's heels lately, but we won't get into that debate. Today's about Mac and PC, right? (laughs) Uh, So anyway, um, yeah, Apple recently announced probably a month, month and a half ago that they're killing off Intel-based Macs. So uh, what that means is still up in the air a little bit, but the general consensus, the idea across the environment is Apple is, that's the last piece of technology that they didn't really make or control inside of their Macs, right? So when you get an iPhone, your iPhone has what's called an Apple Silicon chip in it or an Apple processor. And all the hardware is from Apple. They got rid of Intel chips and iPhones and iPads a long time ago. And you know whether or not you're an iPhone person or an Android person, everyone can agree that when you run a benchmark test, iPhones always win every single time they're faster for for no seemingly no reason because the hardware isn't better, right? So really it's just Apple's ability to tie the hardware and the software together and make a cohesive environment that functions really, really well. 
And so a lot of people are excited about them doing the same for the Mac because it might mean they could make Macs even better and faster performance wise, um, make just the operating system work smoother with the hardware. Um, I'm sure Apple's excited because it sounds like they're probably going to get a cost savings here too to switch from Intel. Um, I can't tell you how Intel feels about it, but they're probably not too happy. <laughs> but yeah, so it's really interesting to see that they're kind of starting, you know, like we were talking about, they're really diving all in on making computers more like phones in the sense of high performance, easier to use, um, you know, you only go to the app store, more secure, all that stuff is really tying in. And the funny thing is, um, it's hard to see how much better these Macs could get because, I mean, I don't want to give away my opinion here, but I think that Apple still has Microsoft beat in that realm too, as far as performance per, you know, technology in the system. So a, the user experience has a big part of that, I think, too, the ability to flow from one thing to the next. And if we talk about um, some of the other things you have here, like the use cases that each are designed for. I think when we go back five, 10 years ago, maybe like a decade, you know, people thought Apple and they immediately thought creative, right? Oh, you must be a graphic designer or something like that. Um, yeah, let's look where it started, the graphic designer concept. It seems that way. And I don't know if that stemmed from education um, and what was in the art labs and things like that and that whole field, um, or if it was because of the horsepower that they had to run some of those programs that required some more of that processing and compute power, but... Probably uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, and nowadays it doesn't seem to matter, right? The uh, things are cloud-based, things are web-based. Like, even if I were to run Adobe Creative Suite on a PC versus a Mac, the only thing that changes is the command key versus the control key. It's pretty much the same experience across either device. Uh, I do think it's a little... It's a little harder to get an equal PC. Not that it, not that it can't sure. be done, but to build, you know, to go get a, a PC with the same specs as a Mac. Uh, Mac inherently has kind of convinced people, hey, get these better specs. Whereas with PC, you walk into Best Buy, and the the first item on the shelf is a you know two ninety nine. I won't say a brand name because I don't want to upset anybody, but a 299 cheap PC and a lot of people buy that and then they wonder why they have the same expectations, right? Yeah, which is <laughs> the price tag affords you some better like, you know, uh, hardware inside of that device and that matters. It it adds up, it makes a difference. But you could spend still um quite a bit less than a Mac on a PC and yeah. you get like more horsepower um but then you're not standing behind maybe that brand of that Apple product, right? Because now different hardware think forces are trying to work together on a different OS. Maybe the vetting process hasn't been the same. And so what's the lifespan of that device? Um, I know we're going a little sideways here on topic, but um, it it seems compelling to still maybe want to use a Mac if you're that creative person, if you're that videographer, um, versus if you're a um, CAD architect or something like that, an engineer doing CAD designs, maybe you're probably not on a Mac, right? You're probably on a really high performance PC. Yeah, and I think that's going to also come down to a lot more. It's, inter this is, it's interesting how this is going to tie back, but I just thought of this. Um, 
when you talk about you know maybe someone who's doing architecture or CAD work or design work like that, more times than not, those folks are going to be in a business environment. Whereas when you're talking about creatives, obviously this isn't always true and it's not across the board. And and we have you know a creative marketing person on our team and Ryan who uses a PC that is a little bit high powered. But um, in general, oftentimes you'll see a lot of creatives are more on the entrepreneur side or they, you know, they run freelance or do just a single, you know, their own business, just a one man show. Um, and so maybe that's where that difference takes place where those people are more inclined to use a Mac because it's easier to use. They're just one person. They don't need to manage it. Um, whereas in a business environment where you have staff that need CAD solutions for architecture or CNC and stuff like that, and it's more of a business setting, you're going to see them using a PC. That that gives me one other thought down that same path, the CAD engineer versus the architect who's maybe using some uh, similar like software tools. In my mind, the architect is that artsy person, and they probably are still using Macs, but that engineer probably isn't. So it really still further perpetuates that uh, creative versus engineer kind of mindset. And uh, I don't know if it's really just based on their sleek design and their UX user interface and GUI kind of experience that Apple has kind of spoken to those creatives and not to those engineers, so to speak. Um, but like Macs aren't known for gaming and PCs are, you know, and the, and the people that are gamers are the people that like to tinker and figure things out and they're more on that engineering side of the spectrum, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Try to put it as nicely as I can. <laughs> yeah, I think we're seeing this, seeing a theme here, right? Yes. Where the Mac is a little bit easier to use. It will get whatever you want it to done whenever you want it to. The PC is maybe a little bit more. Um, you have to build it yourself. You have to really care about that. Um, whereas with a Mac, it's just you get what you get and Ideally, you're, you're never going to have any problems with it and you don't have to worry about it, right? So maybe that's, again, why creative folk and people who don't maybe care as much about the computer they're using and more just the fact that it just works, um, go lean towards Mac. Yeah, you don't want to know enough to be dangerous. In fact, you want to know very little about it. And some people are like, oh, my gosh, it's like, it's like um, you know, this isn't a good uh, example, but like McDonald's versus a homemade recipe. And go to McDonald's have the same experience every time. I don't have to know anything about the ingredients or how it was made. Obviously, it's not good for me. So this isn't a great analogy. <laughs> but some people can be like, oh, well, I can cook burgers and I can patty up the patties and I can add onions and cheese and make it a good experience, like a sit-down restaurant, if I may be doing a better analogy here. Um, and some people, it's really easy to go, no, I know how to do that. I understand it. And other people go, I don't know. I just want to go to a restaurant and have them serve me because I don't understand that. What if the meat's not cooked to the right temperature and I give myself E. coli? Right. Um, I want to expose myself to that risk. So I think with PC versus Mac, you just have a little bit more autonomy to tinker and, and make things your own on the PC and the Mac. It's kind of like, let the chef handle it, you know? Right. That's that, you, you lost me with the McDonald's. Yeah, that was a bad start. You realized <laughs> you were going down the wrong path there. And I think you cleaned it up nicely. There we go. And I, I don't know, one of those is in a garden, one's not, right? <laughs> a walled garden, of course. Uh, where do they get their ingredients from? You know, one's got a, one's within, and one's got to You can get them anywhere and source them wherever you want. Uh, you're trying too hard now. Yeah, probably. I'm reaching, but the enterprise kind of, you know, uh, world really does speak to PC 
Um, PC's done a good job with touchscreen. I remember that was an argument in recent ads with uh, PC versus iOS uh, and Macs because you couldn't do touchscreen with Macs. And I don't know if that's still the case or not. Um, it is, yeah. And I think that Apple's, Apple's stance has been like, you don't want a touchscreen on a computer, you want a touchscreen on your phone and your iPad. Um, and there's an argument to be made there to say, well, that's just because Apple wants all of your money, right? They want you to buy all three of the devices and spend some more to get a cooler iPad and stuff like that. Um, but they, yeah, that's they've kind of taken a hard stance and said, as of right now, we, we don't have any intention to add a touchscreen to Macs. Now, just fascinating they pioneered here, that space, right, with the iPhone. Yeah, so, which is, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And now I'm sitting here on a Microsoft Surface laptop that has a touchscreen. And I love it. I don't use it all the time. It's not like the most functional, useful thing. If I'm sitting at my desk in front of the monitors and stuff, maybe the touchscreen that you know isn't super useful. I'm not going to reach out and poke at my screen all day long. But if you're just you know sitting on the couch or you know maybe you have just your laptop in a you know in a public setting, you're at an airport or cafe or what have you, um, and you're a little bit closer to that touchscreen, it does become pretty convenient to use. So there is some benefits. Obviously, there are because a number of people have them. Uh, where I like, where the world is going more is, you know, again, Apple gave birth to Siri, um, and I think Google's version of that's probably a little bit better with like. Yeah, in my opinion. However, Siri Siri was one of the first, right? So, you know, yeah. maybe Google saw the disadvantages and built for that. Um, and obviously, PC has Cortana. Um, and so voice is a whole nother thing where I don't want to type or touch the screen. Just I'm just going to tell my computer what to do. And it yeah, can do it. Google, and that dictation technology has come a very, very long way. Yes, yeah. And Google and, and Amazon, right? Amazon Alexa are huge in that space right now. And honestly, that's probably why I have a Pixel instead of an iPhone. As much as I can appreciate the iPhone concept of the App Store and the closed ecosystem and everything, Google is the next best thing to that because they make the phone and the software similar to Apple. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason that I love this phone so much more than an iPhone is because of the Google Assistant features. I have it tied into the Google Home, whatever's, you know, Home Mini in my house, and I can tell it to turn the lights on out front and, you know, any number of other things. Uh, so that part has been super valuable, that ecosystem. Yeah. That the built. challenge is picking one because right? you could Alexa versus Google versus Apple. And it's like and most people have a hodgepodge of everything because they one had a shinier experience than the other. Right. So we right. have we've committed to Alexa for our voice in our home, but we have Apple phones and PC computers. So we have like a little bit of everything. <laughs> it's sure. hard. It's yeah, hard. It There's so many people making great products. Yeah, to some extent, some of that stuff can be intertwined and so you can get away from it and hopefully it works okay. But every once in a while, those big companies butt heads and it kind of hurts the consumer. So we'll see. But the one thing that, you know, you know, at Spectech that we would be remiss if we didn't like totally belabor is just the security of those things. And whether you're on a Mac or a PC, you know, having the right security in place, as you had mentioned, like making sure your email security is in a good position through your spam filtering and um, verifying the sender and putting MFA on things like those are still really important, depending no matter which environment you're in, right, or whatever choice you've made there. Security layering can still go on top of both of those platforms um, to protect yourself and your business.
Yeah, that's absolutely critical. You nailed it on the head. So, uh, Eric, now Mac versus PC. What do you think? Yeah, I had an opportunity to work on Macs at a different position I'd held before coming to Swift Tech. And for me, it was just a lifetime of using PCs made the Apple experience challenging for me because I didn't know how to use it as much. And everyone says it's easier and simpler, and that might be the case, but it wouldn't have been too simple for me just because I wasn't used to how to use it. Um, yeah. Trying to right click things or run two screens at the same time. I'm like, what is happening? You know, I have this big, beautiful screen with great display, but you know, I had to click and drag one window over another. And I'm like, this is frustrating. Um, so maybe things have changed since then. That was three, four years ago. Um, so it's just interesting. I think for me, it really is the the user experience that that came down to it for me. Which is really interesting that you say it that way, because most people would say the user experience is so much better on the Mac, but maybe it's just what they're used to, you know. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, you're you have a degree in graphic design. Yep. Which is in, another interesting point <laughs> because you still like PC and pretty sure the phone in your pocket is an iPhone. So I do have the iPhone. So I made the switch to iPhone a number of years ago because I would buy the best Android devices on the market, whatever the best one was, whatever the most expensive one was, I would buy that. And that was really before Google had married itself to like <laughs> making an OS on top of their own so or their own hardware. It was really like Android and Motorola or Android and Samsung or, or whatever. But inherently, they always had problems and the lifespan was short. And a few of my friends had iPhones and the experience and the camera and all of it was just, they never had problems. And then I was like, dude, you always have these problems with your phone. I'm like, I know, I don't understand. Like, what am I doing? You know, it's just ridiculous. So I made the switch. And once I did, I just, I haven't gone back because now all my stuff is tied up there. And the experience still is really positive. I really do enjoy the iPhone experience. And as a graphic designer, at least by education, uh, when I went into school full time, I was working full time and I didn't have the money for a Mac. So I got a high end PC and, um, and, you know, it just was fortunate enough where a time and place where Adobe would work on my PC. So, um, you know, I learned the Adobe suite of products more than anything throughout my education and the platform that that sat on didn't matter as much. So that's interesting. You just kind of alluded to the fact that Apple's better because they make all the hardware, right? Their own chip and everything for the iPhone. So what do you think? Let's let's paint a hypothetical picture here. Uh, the 2021 and Apple is putting their own Apple Silicon chips or whatever they end up calling them officially into the MacBooks. And now uh, you can't even you can't even build a PC to touch the same performance on a Mac. Would you switch for that benefit? It's very compelling. I think anytime there's a switch in place, whether that's with a car or a computer or a phone, um, given how fast the landscape changes for all of those things, it's definitely worth considering the option for it. And if the budget is there for it, you know, I'll go with whoever the better contender is for the needs that I have and what their stance is in the marketplace, if they're a leader or not. So, I mean, that could be the case even with AMD and, and Intel. Yeah. Intel's always been a leader. So a lot of my PC decisions over the past many years have been um, guided by the fact that they had an Intel chip versus an AMD chip. And I was willing to pay more for that than the other. So I can definitely, I'm a value add uh, shopper. I'll buy the thing that's better than, um, but it has to be a good fit. But Apple is compelling, you know, it, yeah. uh, it has my attention. That's for sure. Cool. How about you? 
obviously. Oh man, so, I thoughts? I am so on the fence about this right now. So like I said, I love my touchscreen on my laptop, even though I don't use it that much. Um, and I think it's dumb that Apple doesn't offer a touchscreen in their MacBook. I personally think it's because they don't want to cannibalize their app iPad sales. So that's a little frustrating to me. But I do believe, I really strongly believe that the performance, you know, per dollar, even though maybe not true, I do believe that their performance from a MacBook is so amazing compared to an equivalent PC. And I do think if you're going to build out a PC to spec, not not just spec it the same as a Mac, but have it run equally fast, right? So you could stick the same, you know, 16 gigs of RAM, same graphics card, same processor in a Mac and a PC. And I think that the Mac would outperform the PC when you run, you know, tests to render video or, or play a game or what have you. I think that the Mac's going to win. So okay. in order to get an equal PC, you really have to bump those specs up. Um, so I do think you're getting kind of more of a, not a bang for your buck because they're more expensive, but better value out of the Mac when you're when you're actually looking at. And their support, you call Apple, right? And in support with the PC, who do you call? Best Buy, Geek Squad, people who, who's supporting that? So a little bit different, right? Yeah, um, but I'm so on the fence about this, right? I told you I have a Google phone, and I'm afraid if I, I'm considering getting a Mac right now for a home computer, uh, I'm afraid that that's going to shift me back into an iPhone then when I need a new phone, and there's a lot <laughs> that goes into that. Man, the interesting thing, so, it, you know, we're talking about consumer stuff right now, and on the consumer end, my PC has all sorts of goofy quirks that I've just learned to work around. Like my browser won't load after it's sat for a number of hours. I'm connected to the internet. Uh, it works great, but the browser won't load any web page. And so a simple restart fixes it every single time. And I don't know where to go for that support. I don't want to call Best Buy. I don't have time to take it in and be without it. Um, I don't like that, that idea, but I've never had to call anybody for my iPhone support ever. Zero yeah. times, not even just the one phone. I'm talking about like the three of them that I had through the generations of having iPhones. Yeah. Um, the only problem I've ever had is when I've dropped it and cracked the screen, you know? That's it, which is a you problem, not a them problem. Correct. Yeah, um, so never an issue yeah. there. And I'm on the opposite side of the fence, right? I have a I have a personal MacBook right now that's over six years old. And actually, my wife uses it more than me um, for her startup photography business. But that thing has never had a problem once. And yeah, I spec'd it out. It was It was a great computer six years ago. But it has lasted excellently and arguably better than any PC imaginable. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You get so what you, if you have a PC here in the business community, it's good to have someone uh, supporting you and your yes. employees to make sure when things happen, if software updates take place or patching happens here, or this isn't working with that, uh, that someone can support those things and you have a yep. place to turn. And, you know, with Microsoft's suite of tools, you know, we didn't even touch on that, but the Office 365 and everything works flawlessly on Windows and PC. And I think that's a huge, huge value add for, for businesses and organizations. Yeah. So well, everybody, we, 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 I was going to say, we hope we enjoyed today's podcast, uh, Mac versus PC. We'd love to hear um, where you fall on that spectrum. Yeah, that was great. Great talk, Eric.